Thank you for the poem. I didn't realize. I feel humbled. I just feel like now I'm the, the, the subject and the object of an artist that, that I, I was in a poem. I mean, don't get jealous. I'm just telling you, it just, it's, it's just a new plateau in my life. <laughs> that I've now been in a, in a poem. I, I wonder if the next thing would be a song. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? When God passed by one day and saw a little farm boy that desperately needed divine grace and tender mercy. And he came by and provided both of those things and gave me a chance. And because of it, I've been able to be with a crowd like this. I just step back sometimes and say, Lord, I can hardly believe it. I can hardly believe it. This, this year, I got to go to Idaho, which made my 50th state. To be in. That's not a brag on my part, but I'm just amazed. If you could see where I come from, that poll said my hometown ranks 19th as being the least desirable in Pennsylvania to live in. And that's where Jesus found me. And, and here he's taken me all over the country. And, uh, and part of the reason I get to go to every state is when I get to some of them, they ask me to leave real quick. So... I keep moving. I keep moving. But, but to be able to come back here in this area with friends and, and people that we love and know has just been a treat to Rachel and I. And then to see God on purpose just kind of walk in amongst us and reach out to us and, and give us a chance. Oh, I appreciate the Lord. He still does that. Wherever you find yourself, if you can, look to him. He's approachable. He can be reached. And, and if you'll take the little tiny step, albeit pretty feeble, he'll go the greater part of the distance to get to you. Unless... Let's keep going for God. Praise God. Keep in the race. Keep in the way. I preached from this a lot of times, but I couldn't get away from it for tonight. So there, here's where we go. And Isaiah chapter 6. You'll recognize it. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah said it this way. It was in the year that King Uzziah died. I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, and with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. The posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. 
And verse 5, then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. And also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. Father in heaven, for a little bit tonight, this last night of the scheduled revival, We pray, O God, would you continue to minister to us. You know the crowd. You know who's here. You know who's listening in. And there's no shortcoming in you. You can touch us. You can reach them. And O God, would you please help us tonight in the way that we need it, in the way that you know we must have it. Speak to us and reach us and help us to reach you. And then, Lord, help us in the days you give us to be usable and useful for the glory of God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Isaiah said it was in the year that Uzziah died. And scripture records it that way on purpose. I believe because God knows that those kind of years present themselves to to you and me. It's a pretty accurate description of what we have so recently come through with all that's transpired through COVID and other things. Can one year of our life be extremely long Compared to another? Can a day seem like it stretches on forever? As compared to another? I'm just saying that things every once in a while come into our lives that we're totally unprepared for and have such inability to cope with it. A phone call, 
Never would we have invited it. Never would we have expected it. Once in a while in the lives of some of us, a phone call has come. And we've never, never gotten over it. It changed our lives entirely. When the Bible says it was in the year that King Uzziah died, when Israel would lose the king, it would bring such uncertainty about tomorrow, about the direction we're going to go, about where we are now and what, what's going to be on the morrow and what are we going to do and how's it going to affect us. We've gone through some things that it seemed like for a little while Rachel and I were commenting to one another, well, we just don't want to hear any more news. I mean, from our acquaintances, we don't want another text. We don't want to see another Facebook post. We don't want another phone call. COVID, to us, like it did to many of you, came into our lives and took away multiple, more than two hands full, of very close friends. And with, with all that went on, even if they were in close proximity, once they went into the hospital, you couldn't go and, and see them. You couldn't be there to try to encourage them. Sometimes they were relatives. Sometimes they were companions. We had close friends, have, have been in their home. My, my wife especially knew, knew her since they were little girls in Indiana. And Willard got sick. And went into the hospital. And Janetta couldn't go see him. They'd always done everything together. Some couples, all couples are different. Sometimes, you know, you just got to have a little space. <laughs> I'm not saying that because Rachel's not here tonight, sister. <laughs> but I'm saying the couple that I'm talking about one time, they had been married how many years? Almost 50, maybe more than 50. And one time, she took a vacation without Willard to go see some relatives out west and said, never again. They were that way. Everything they did, they did together. Every trip they took, they took together. One never went off. Willard wasn't a hunter, or that would have changed for sure. But I'm just saying they were so close, and then COVID. How, how do you explain this? But then COVID took Willard, and he goes in the hospital. Janetta is so close to him, but she's not allowed to go see him. And she'd call my wife and say, I, I can't be there. She said, I could go. I could, I could suit up. I could wipe down, I could go and hold his hand, but I can't. And it got to a place where he was there long enough, and I'm convinced, I don't mean to be unkind, 
but I'm convinced some of them got there long enough that the solitude affected them. And they gave up. And we got the word, he's getting worse, and now he can't even respond by phone. And her heart was breaking. And a year, it's a year that changed their life entirely, for Willard passed away. Without Janetta, his wife, to even be there. I hate... I hate what has happened to us, that in some cases our dear, sweet, loved ones can't have what's familiar and what's comforting around them. I don't understand it, but for some of us, the year that King Uzziah died has been tough. It's been real. My heart aches tonight, yesterday, yesterday. A former classmate of mine from Hope Sound days, somebody we've known all of our lives, practically since school days, a radiant, vibrant Christian from the Hope Sound area, uh, Linda uh, Martin Deckard passed away. Linda and her Husband Tim, both got COVID, both went in the hospital, and both were severely affected by it. And Tim passed away, and she had it and couldn't even go to her husband's funeral. But she struggled on, and people were praying. She'd rally, looked like she was going to come out. And yesterday, she passed away. And your heart, is wrung out. I'm not accusing God. He doeth all things well. And I've walked with the Lord long enough to know that we don't understand this well. But here you've got to wave goodbye. And that's so hard. But over there, over there, you wave hello. Hello. And that's going to be so good. If we could really literally see it like God has it. In the human, we would grieve and sorrow, but we would yet rejoice and say, Oh, don't bring them back. Take us to them. Yesterday was the day when a dear, dear young man, dear young man that I've spent time with and loved, lost his life. I, I can't comprehend it. I can't comprehend the sorrow and the grief and the heartache of a year like the year that King Uzziah died. But I believe the scriptures started off Isaiah's testimonial here on purpose that way to remind us that everybody has that. Those things come to all of our lives. The knock comes to our door. The phone rings in our life. The letter changes everything.
But he said it was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. And to me, there's importance there to grab a hold of and realize that in, in, a, in a year of intense difficulty with a lot of question marks, if we would, we could still see God. He hasn't backed away. He hasn't disappeared. No matter what happens, no matter how drastic, no matter how difficult, the clouds may obscure him, but he has not evaporated. He has not disappeared. I think they sung sometime in this meeting, standing somewhere in the shadow, you shall find him. And Isaiah said, I saw him. I saw him in the year that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord. And he said, I saw him in his might. For he was, he was high and lifted up. God was high and lifted up. I've liked what I heard Paul Pierpoint say one time. Brother Pierpoint was preaching and he said, When God stands up, everybody else is short. When God stands up, my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. And there's nothing my God cannot do. David beat Goliath because he didn't see how big Goliath was. He knew how big God was. And he said, I saw him. In that year, in that year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Church people, let's remember we have a God that is powerful and almighty. He saw him in his majesty, for he said he was sitting on a throne. I do like to be reminded as to who's in control. Because I'll tell you the truth, sometimes I think we're really, really on a ride. And I wonder who's, who's at the reins, or who's at the throttle, or who knows how to man the brakes, or who's steering this thing. And it does me good to remember that God is still on the throne. And He has not been deposed. He has not been, been uh, put out of office. And it doesn't matter Republican or Democrat or Independent or unusual. God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's still in control. I might, I might not be, but He is. Hallelujah. I sometimes wonder, Plank, what in the world are you doing? And I've no other people think the same thing. 
But I may not be able to answer that, but I'm still convinced that my God is not perplexed. He's not stymied. He's not walking around like I am pacing, although I'm not pacing. I'm just getting my exercise in for today. I keep moving. Somebody said, Brother Plank, why do you move around like that? Because I learned a long time ago, moving targets hard to hit. Huh? Oh, yeah. I, I've been out there. I've shot at them. Although the way some of you shoot, they should just stand still. He said, I saw the Lord. I saw him in his majesty sitting on a throne. I saw him in his might high and lifted up. I saw his magnificence in that his train filled the temple. I want to tell you something. uh, Isaiah saw some unusual things. I've seen some unusual things when God moves. When the Holy Ghost comes, when the glory settles down upon his people, I noticed in here that he, that he says, he says in, in the scripture here that, that his glory filled the temple. He said in another place, let's see where it is. I temporarily couldn't read my notes, which is an on, ongoing problem. He, he said here that my glory filled, well, he said the earth, verse 3, is full of his glory. He said, verse 4, the house was filled with smoke. And then back here, he said his train filled the temple. Filled the temple full of his glory Filled with smoke tells me that God, when he has his way, doesn't come in little portions. He doesn't come a little bit will do you. He comes in the fullness of his glory. Oh, I want him to do that again. I want him to fill the house. Because if he fills the house, he's going to fill you. <laughs> oh, when I was a little kid, I watched my grandpa. I'm sorry to mention coffee so much, but it's, it's my worst addiction right now. I like it. I'm not even trying to dispose of it in my nice little pottery cup. But I used to watch grandpa on the farm. He made a big thing about morning coffee. And I've seen him do it time and time again, Brother Jeff. He'd take the coffee pot, uh, the percolator. You know, the percolator. Been a long time since people talked about their percolators. But he'd take the percolator, and he'd pour the coffee in the cup, Brother Tom. And I'd think, Grandpa, it's almost full, it's almost full. And he, did, he, he didn't pay a bit of attention. He'd pour that cup full and run it over every time run it over into the saucer. And then he'd take the cup, after he'd got the saucer almost full, he'd take the cup out and set it on a table. Do that nowadays, because it would make a wet ring, you know, coming out of the saucer. Yeah, the ladies would be too fussy to do that anymore. But back on the farm, he'd put it on the, on the table and pick up the saucer. And he said the best coffee is always in the saucer. <laughs> 
Now, Grandpa wasn't a prophet, so I can't prove that. But I've tried it a couple times, and it is pretty good. It is pretty good. But oh, when God comes, when God comes and, and it overflows, fill my cup, Lord. Fill my cup, Lord, until it overflows, gets on some of the neighbors. Wouldn't that be exciting if the guy next to you caught on fire for God or got full of the Spirit? Wouldn't that spook some of you? We used to have a lady get blessed. And, buddy, when she got blessed, it would scare you half to death because you never had any warning. Never had any warning. And all of a sudden, she'd just, she'd just holler and scream and praise God. And if you were sitting by, I've seen people jump, you know. And I said, oh, Lord, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. All over the place, do it. Try to work them up. No, but I don't want to hold them down. Oh, my, he said, God, I saw God, and he filled the place. And he said, I heard, I heard him singing, holy, holy, holy. You can't fight holiness and be comfortable in the presence of the Lord. Don't be scared of holiness. I know some things that have been done under the guise of holiness were a little bit iffy. But I want to tell you, a genuine saying of God, please, please, please don't be afraid of holiness. God specializes in coming and cleaning it all up. Cleaning it all up. And, and, and at Pentecost, their hearts were filled and purified by faith, Peter said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. He's in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to see you that way. In our worst year, in our difficult year, in what have been some really bad days, Lord, please, Please help us to see you. Because seeing you, we begin to see your fullness exhibited here and here and here. Isaiah saw it in three places. We, we hear the echo in the, uh, in the presence of the Lord of holy, holy, holy. Say what you want. When we see him in his fullness and when we're reminded of his holiness... It does immediately help us. It helps us. But for Isaiah, it helped him in an intensely personal way. For he cried out, Woe! Woe is me! For he said, I am undone. I am unclean. And I'm saying this evening that when you and I see God, that's the true mirror that we can see one another, but mostly see ourselves. He said, when I saw the Lord, he said, I saw myself. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. I don't think he's trying to cast it off anybody else. He's just saying, I'm like everybody else. 
And if we're like everybody else in our uncleanness, I mean in regards to seeing God and His holiness, and we see our lack and we see our need, and we compare ourselves one with another, we're accurately seeing that our help can't come from one another. Oh, we can be an encouragement to one another, but to really help ourselves to get above the level that we're living in, we can't do it because we're all people of unclean lips. And he admitted the fact that while I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips, I'm the one. I'm the one that has the unclean lips. And he said immediately a seraphim flew to the altar and come back with a live coal in his hand. I don't know how, how fast a seraphim can fly. I, I don't know if anybody, probably Barry Arnold knows. But I don't know how fast a seraphim can fly. I know a hummingbird can co- cover a lot of terri- uh, territory quick. And look how little they are. A seraphim flew! Which encouraged me, letter Rob, because I got to thinking, when you admit that you have a need and you're specific about it to God, quickly, 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 He works on the remedy. He works on the remedy. He doesn't hold you off to languor and linger and, and hope. He rushes to your aid. And brought the live coal, Isaiah said to me, and put it to my lips where the confessed need was. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God knows tonight on this final night of revival where the need is. I don't know, of course, but maybe where the sore is. Where the uncleanness is. But he come back. And Isaiah said, He laid it upon my mouth. And he said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips. Verse 7, And thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. God can do that. God can do that. Oh God, we must have you to do that. Take away our uncleanness. Take away our undoneness. Oh God, don't let us just see your glory. But come as a result of seeing your glory. We feel our need. But please Lord, rush to help us with our need. That in your presence, in your fullness... There's exceeding joy and confidence. And we can only have that when there's rightness where it's been wrong. Where there's cleanness when it's been the unclean. And in closing, of course, Isaiah said, He laid it upon my mouth. This hath touched thy lips, thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. While the piano player maybe comes, and Brother Jeff, you get ready with an invitation tonight, either to announce to the crowd to sing with you or to sing, because we're just about closed. 
when he saw God, he saw himself. And God will be seen. He'll be seen. And you know what? When when we see him, that's the best mirror to see ourselves. Not to, we're not concerned about our brother and our fellow. But I daren't compare myself to my brother. I've got to see myself the way God sees me and the light of his presence. And when he said, I'm undone and I'm unclean and, and confessed it to God, God quickly went to his aid and took away his his iniquity and his sin. And it was then he heard the call from God, who, who shall I send and who will go for, for us? And then said he, here am I, send me. Oh, wouldn't it, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be exciting to go out of revival, touched by God, affected by the fire of God that we could humbly but sincerely say, Lord, here I am. Send me. To me, it would be exciting to think what God could do with this crowd, this one and this one and this one and you back there because he's got something for us to do. We've got to be ready to do it, but we've got to be right with him to do it right. Isaiah said it was the year that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord. 